Vaiguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaiguru Ji Ki Fateh everyone. Uh, welcome to the first event of this year. Uh, we are blessed to be joined by Pai Amandeep Singh Ji from East London. He is a Parcharak with Basics of Sikhi, a lawyer by profession, a martial artist, and tries every day to become a better Sikh. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amandeep Singh Ji. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Welcome from the other side of the pond. Um, I'm not sure if I'm in the group or if it's just me and you talking. Are we all together? Uh, yeah, we're all, the Sangat is here, we're all here. Yep. Oh, it's an honor and privilege to be here. I'm very grateful to have been invited by my brother to speak with you, um, uh, having just entered 2021. Putting it a different way in measurement of time, for those that are old enough to know, it's 21 years since we were entering the, the new millennium. It's 21 years. It seems like just yesterday that we were, uh, we were in the 1900s and now uh, we're in the new millennium. And the time is going so quick. Um, and I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to share with you and learn with you together today. Um, I've been told by my brother that there is a question box in this app, which is completely alien to me. If I say anything that needs clarification or if I say anything that is wrong, please, please feel free to send me a question. I've got the question box open here um, and I'll try and review that every now and again. So Guru Pyari Sad Sangaji, we're blessed to have this opportunity to learn together. And it's so important that we remain always grateful uh, whenever these opportunities arise. There are so many people that are going through life not aren't getting the answers to the questions that they have and perhaps even more appropriately spending their whole lives asking the wrong questions. And we're blessed to have the company of the good six when I'm blessed to be in your company, it's an opportunity for us to learn together, to reflect, to be inspired and to grow. And I want to share something with you in 2021 that really, when I learned it, it changed my entire life. And it's something that I learned many years and uh, many years after um, I took Amrit, many years after I started to walk this path of the Guru. I'm still on the first step of many, perhaps, perhaps below and behind many of the steps that you guys have already taken. Um, and it's really something I'm really passionate and exciting to share, excited to share with you guys today. We go back 550 odd years, 550 odd years to the time when Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, they were born into this world. And they, they come into this world and from the youngest of ages, we, we hear from Nanak Prakash, we hear how Guru Nanak Dev Ji's face was so bright that it would light up the room and the room was full of bright, that the room that they would be born into would be full of bragash from their face. So much brightness would they bring into this world that even the chandeliers, which bore many candles, would be outshone by the brightness of the light from the face of Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj. And everybody would look at Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj and they would fall at Guru Nanak Dev Ji's feet and they would want to be, become friends and they would want to get their glance of grace upon their own faces. All but a few people. And those people that saw Guru Nanak Dev Ji in a different way were these people called the Sidh. Now the Sidhs, they were like holy ascetics, they were like Hindus, and they had, through their own spiritual prowess, um, they had obtained many spiritual powers. And in many ways, they were regarded as the spiritually advanced of that time, for they had obtained occult powers where they could fly, they could float, and they could do all sorts of manner, all such manner of things. And so the Sidhs would look at Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, who was revered, and so popular from a young age, they would see that Guru Nanak Dev Ji would be an opportunity for them 
to obtain a bigger following. So they resolved from a young age that they would try and convert Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj into the ways of their own dharam, the ways of the Sid. And so from a young age, they would come to Guru Nanak Dev Ji and they would try and tempt Guru Nanak Dev Ji. They would try and trick Guru Nanak Dev Ji. They would ask Guru Nanak Dev Ji questions and show off their spiritual powers in a hope that through doing this, that Guru Nanak Dev Ji would be won over and be tempted by these powers that these people would have. And so they come to Guru Nanak Dev Ji and every time they would come to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Guru Nanak Dev Ji would see what they would be trying to tempt and show to Guru Nanak. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji would give an even higher teaching. They would be left scratching their heads as Guru Nanak Dev Ji would not be tempted by those trickeries, by those questions that the Sids would pose. And they would, the Sids would walk away scratching their heads that how is it that someone who is so young has got so much wisdom that they are able to see through the falsehood of these temptations that they are putting at the feet of Guru Nanak. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji would do this each and every time that the Sids would come to Guru Nanak, Guru Nanak would send them away with questions about their own practices. And Guru Nanak was so cool and they were so, they were so pure in their, in their endeavours that even when they did this and they would give a higher teaching, we can say. And Guru Pyari Satsangaji, a time would come when Guru Nanak Dev Ji would give the Gurgaddi to Bailana. Bailana being the second Guru, that perfect Gursik, that one who is the form of humility. And so Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, they give the Gurgaddi to Bailana. And when Bailana succeeds Guru Nanak Dev Ji, there are onlookers there that are seeing this. And they say to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, these onlookers, they say, say, they say to Bailana, they say, Guru Nanak Dev Ji has given us so much. They have given us the Gurmantar, Vaheguru. They have given us the Mool Mantar. They have given us the Maha Mantar. What is the teaching that you're going to bring into this world? What teaching is it that you will now bring, Bailana, Guru Angad Dev Ji? And Guru Angad Dev Ji, ever the most obedient and humble Gursik, they go back to Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj. And they say to their Guru, who, for, for, who will forever be the Guru of the Sikhs, who will forever be the Guru of Guru Angad Dev Ji Maharaj. They say to Guru Nanak, they say, Maharaj, I'm being asked, what teachings am I going to bring into this world? And it was at this time that Guru Nanak Dev Ji, they say to Bailano, bring forth those teachings that I gave to the Sids. During the course of my life, these Sids would come to see me and they would question me and try and tempt me and trick me and convert me from this path of Vaheguru. Bring forth those teachings and bring them now before me. And by Lena, Guranga Devji Maharaj would go and get those teachings, those parchia, those pieces of paper with these short verses, with these teachings that were timeless written upon them. And they would bring them and they would give them to Gurunanak. Gurunanak Devji would hand them to Pai Lena, to Guranga Devji Maharaj. And they say, arrange these as you see fit. This will be the Mala Mantra. This will be the proclamation that you will bring into this world. Guru Pyari Sadhsangaji, those teachings when they were brought together, they became, they become what we now know and refer to affectionately as Japji Sahib Dapat. You see, Guru Pyari Sadhsangaji, from a young age we may have been taught to read Japji Sahib, but perhaps we were not told what in fact Japji Sahib actually is. Japji Sahib isn't just a part, isn't just a poem, isn't just the first angs of Guru Granth Sahib Ji Maharaj. They are in fact the timeless teachings that were delivered 
to the whole of humanity through a lifetime's conversations between Guru Nanak and the Siddhs. Japji Sahib contains all of the most spiritually elevated teachings that Guru Nanak Dev Ji would give to those Siddhs that would come and try and speak to Guru Nanak Dev Ji of their own grandeur, of their own greatness, of their own abilities. If you like, we can put it a different way, that Japji Sahib is a collection of adventures, a collection of chronicles, a, correct, a collection of episodes in the life of Guru Nanak. You can liken it, if you will, to a Netflix series, except it's far more beautiful and timeless in the sense that the teachings contained in Japji Sahib are in fact those episodes from the life of Guru Nanak. And when you look at Japji Sahib this way with new eyes, you will see so much there to be taken that will inform us about our lives. You see, we've come into 2021. And as we enter this year, for some of us, this may be our second decade, our third decade upon this earth, maybe our first or our fourth or our fifth, as we, as we enter our 30s, 40s and 50s. And it's a time for us to reflect and think, yo, how am I going to make progress? What is going to be my company in this world? What is it that I look to draw to? What, what is it that I look to draw from as a support to me in this world? And the, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. The truth is actually hidden in that Bani, which we have been reading from a young age, which we have heard from a young age, but perhaps we haven't fully explored. We haven't fully understand as to what it actually is. You see, my friends, Japji Sahib is that Bani that will give us Brahm Gyan, will give us knowledge of Vaheguru, will give us knowledge of our true selves. And as we enter 2021, I invite you to reflect upon something that you've heard before, but in a new way. Let's get to know Japji Sahib. Let's get to know Japji Sahib afresh and anew. And not just the sounds, and not just the grammar, and not just the Romanized translations. Let's start listening to the actual conversations that Guru Nanak Dev Ji were having with those Sids. Let's listen to those conversations and be wonderstruck with love in our hearts. For wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that relationship with our Guru? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that relationship with our Guru, whereby when we hear that Shabbat, we can be like, yo, that resonates with my heart. And this is what it means to understand the conversation between Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj and the entire world. Let's take one Bhangti from Japji Sahib, which many of you may already know. And if you do, I invite you to drop a thumbs up. And we're going to explore this together and just see how understanding the conversation, the context of it, can really open us up to something that is really quite wonderful and romantic in the true sense of the word as you enter that relationship, that meaningful connection with our Guru. The Stapangti we're going to explore together is this. Sacha Sahib Tajnai Pakya Pau Apar. Sacha Sahib Tajnai Pakya Pau Apar. And you, can go, you guys can drop yourself a, uh, a thumbs up if you've heard the Bhangti before. And I, and I invite you, and, and I presume that probably many of you are more familiar with it than even me. The fact that you guys are dropping a thumbs up tells me two things. I've got three thumbs up so far. It tells me, A, that I'm in the right group because you guys understand what Jabji Sahib is. And I'm not in some different group talking about martial arts or something like that. But it's also telling me, that the app is working and you guys are hearing what I'm saying, for which I am eternally grateful. Maharaj, thank you for allowing this connection to take place. I've got seven hand drops. But Guru Pyari Sansangaji, let's listen to those Shabbats 
with new ears. And what do I mean by that? Let's take ourselves back to Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj and they're speaking with the Sids. The Sids come to Guru Nanak and they say to Guru Nanak Dev Ji on one occasion, this is just to whet your appetite, to help you have an understanding that will really, really take you on a journey of discovery, of appreciation in 2021. The Sids come to Guru Nanak Dev Ji and don't forget their intention is to try and tempt Guru Nanak with their occult powers. That Guru Nanak Dev Ji may be overwhelmed, that they may be tempted and wish that they had these powers and become one with the Siddharam and convert. Unbeknownst to the Sids, that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is that form of Vaheguru on this earth. That they are that form of Vaheguru and that they need none of these occult powers for they are the giver of all gifts. So they come to Guru Nanak and they say to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, they ask Guru Nanak a question. They say, tell us about the one that you worship, who you call Ram, who you call Krishna, who you call Vaheguru. Tell us about that one. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji replies perfectly. They say, you want to know about my Rab? You want to know about my Vaheguru? They say, I'll, I'll tell you about them. And they give a javab. The javab that they give is they say, Satcha Sahib. They say that that one is Satcha, that they are completely true. They are the form of truth. And they are Sahib, that they are the master of all things. In other words, that everything is within their control. Everything is within that hukum of Vaheguru. This fits now not to be undone and looking to always engineer the situation in their favor. They say to Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, they say, okay, you're saying Sacha Sahib, yet how do you realize that one? Because in the Sid practice, there were many different types of practice that they would undertake. Some would stand on one leg, others would spend um, extended periods of time in water or hang upside down or deprive themselves of sleep. These are all different practices that the Sids would do. Others would fast. Others would rub ashes upon their bodies. And so in this way, the Sids, they say to Guru Nanak, you're saying that your Vaheguru is a Sacha Sahib. What's the method that you have to employ to get to that Vaheguru? And Guru Nanak Dev Ji again, they perfectly reply. They say, you want to know the method that I employ? You want to know the method that I preach those to enjoin with? And they say, Sat Nai. They say that the way to that Sacha Sahib is through Satnai, is through repetition of their true name. Now I'm going to just pause there and repeat that because we cannot overstate the importance of this teaching. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying, you're asking me what practice we should employ to realize Sacha Sahib. The practice is Satnai, to repeat their true name. Guru Pyari Sad Sangat Ji, this is, our man, this is our mandate as we walk upon the path of the Guru. The mandate given to us by the Guru is that we walk and with every step, with every breath, that we vibrate upon that name Vaheguru. That we vibrate upon that name Vaheguru because Guru Nanak Dev Ji has given us the instruction that this is the way. This is the marag. This is the path. This is the way that we realize Vaheguru. And it really is so beautiful when we understand a mandate. From a young age, we may have been told by our Bibi, by our Nani, by our Baba, by the elders, we recite the name of God. But we haven't necessarily been told why. And Guru Nanak Bacha was to bring that teaching to us. And perhaps for a while it has been lost, but it's coming back now. The teaching is that to recite the name of God is to make you one with God. Bhagat Kabir Ji puts it so beautifully. They say, Kabir, tu tu karta. Kabir Ji says, 
Kabir tu tu karta. I say tu tu. I repeat your name over and over again. What happens? Tu hua. I become one with you. Isn't that amazing, Guru Pyari Satsangaji? That we are not just mechanically saying words. We are in undertaking this gift of repetition of the name of God. We are walking the path. What a gift. We are walking the path whilst residing in our very homes. We are walking the path whilst sitting in the company of our families at the dinner table. What kind of a gift is this, Guru Pyari Satsangaji? Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj has explained to us that if you want to become one with God, recite that name. Sacha Sahib Satnai. Guru Pyari Satsangaji, we go back to the Sids now. The Sids not to be undone. They hear Guru Nanak say that the way to God is through the name of God. That the way to Vaheguru is through repetition of that true name, Vaheguru. The Sids now, not to be undone, they say to Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, um, what language is that name written in? What language is it? Is Vaheguru, that name of God that you speak of, is it written in Hindi, Urdu, Farsi, Persian, Sanskrit? You see, the Sids were very learned in the world, they were very educated. They were the Oxford University lecturers of our time. They were the Yale University lecturers of our time. And they had a monopoly on the languages. So the thought was that whatever language Guru Nanak Dev Ji would say, that they would be able to say, aha, we have that language on Rabdo. We've, we've studied that language. We are masters of that language. So they say to Guru Nanak, what language is it that that name should be written in? What language is that name written in? And Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj says, no, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. You want to know what language that name of Rab is written in? You want to know what language that name of God is written in? They say that Pakya, that Pakya, that language is written in the language of Pao, is written in the language of love. So if you want to realize that Satya Sahib, Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj is explaining that if you want to realize that Satya Sahib, we have to recite Tatnai, that true name. And how do we recite that true name, Guru Pyari Sad Sangaji? We recite it from a place of love. And so when we visit this Pankti again, Tacha Sahib, Tatnai, Pakhya, Pau, Apara, it means something completely new, at least to me it does. And I would invite each and every one of you to reflect upon this and, and understand that in 2021, whilst we're making resolutions in our minds that we're going to make progress. Maybe we're going to make progress in the gym. We've set ourselves targets that we're going to lose weight. Maybe we've set ourselves progress, uh, targets that we're going um, to save up money and buy a car. We're going to put a down payment for a house. We're going to get that promotion at work. The truth of the matter is, Guru Pyari Sadzagadi, we can make all the progress in this world. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. What, I, what I'm saying to my brothers and sisters across the world, wherever you are listening from, is that if you want to be truly happy, if you want to experience that true love, place a little bit of faith on the teachings of the Guru and make progress on your Simran. Make a commitment that every single day in 2021, henceforth, that we will wake just a little bit earlier and sit and meditate upon the name of God. For that truly is the gift of all gifts. The Sids came to Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj once and they say to Guru Nanak, they say, yo, tell me this one thing. What's the highest place? 
what's the highest place? And Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj explains that the highest place in this world is where Vaheguru resides. That highest place in beyond this world, the highest place in creation or beyond creation is where Vaheguru resides. Vada Sahib Uchathau, Guru Nanak Dev Ji says. That that Vada Sahib, that, that great one, they reside Uchathau at the highest place. The Sids ask Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, is there anything higher than that place where Vaheguru resides? And Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj, they reply, yes. There is one thing higher still. Even higher than that place where Vaheguru resides, Uche Upar Ucha Nao. Even higher than that place where Vaheguru resides, is where the name of God resides. Guru Pyari Sadhsangha Ji, Guru Nanak could not have made it any clearer. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is explaining that the highest place, the highest place reserved for all is that place where Simran is taking place. The highest place of all is that is where the Nam resides. And so I invite each and every one of us, and I'm talking perhaps primarily to myself here, but yo, let's wake up and understand that everything we've achieved in the years gone by, we searched out those things thinking that they would give us some sort of momentary sustenance, a momentary recompense, if you will, where we would thought we would have been happy. But even after a few days, we start yearning for something else. And the truth of the matter is, Guru Pyari Sazangaji, insofar as we are looking outwardly in the world to achieve a resolution in this world, insofar as we're looking outwardly in this world to achieve some sort of a resolution, some sort of a success, we'll always be looking for something further still. Because the truth of the matter is, Guru Pyari Satsangaji, that the true way to happiness is through that Naam. It's through that name that has been given to us by Guru Nanak, that has been delivered from the heavens to us, from, from the heavens to us by Guru Nanak, that blessed mantra, that if we should wake so early in the morning, in that last part of the night, I should say, that if we should wake in that last part of the night and have an opportunity to vibrate upon that Shabbat, that we are so lucky that our happiness will blossom forth within, that will be so bright that it will outshone any light in this world. And Guru, Guru Pyari Sadhsangaji, it's so important that we understand that this gift is all ours, it's all there for us to take. And I would invite each and every one of us to just have a little reflection and think, whilst we reflected on the year gone by and the year to come, how much time have we dedicated towards reciting that name of God? Guru Sahib speaks to us like a father to a son, like a father to a daughter. And they say, yo, Sarab Sukha me paliya har jayabad na koi. They say, Sarab Sukha, all the sukh in the world. Me paliya, I've received, I've, in, I've, in, I've, I've had all of it. They are the king of the entire world. Guru Sahib is explaining to us though, that Sarab Sukha me paliya, having received all of these things, har jayabad na koi, nothing in this world compares to that greatness of Vaheguru, to the greatness of, of, that, of that one, which we can experience. And this is the gift that we have, Guru Pyari Satsangaji, when no one's asking anybody to look into undertaking acts in this world to receive something in the world hereafter. No. Guru Sahib has explained to us that we can receive that gift of Rab whilst we're alive, that we can receive that blessing. We can receive the opportunity to vibrate upon that Shabbat and feel that bliss. And isn't, it, isn't that ultimately what we're all looking for? Whilst we may dress it up with different goals and aspirations, ultimately, 
isn't isn't it what we are all actually looking for is that connection is that feeling of comfort that feeling of contentment we might dress it up with different things some of us might interpret that to mean that we need a new car others might interpret that that we need to look for a new life partner but ultimately all of these things and i put the word things in inverted commas here ultimately all of the things that we say that we search out we're actually searching out for these things in the hope that it will give us that inner peace that inner contentment and my, my brothers and sisters the truth of the matter is that if we was to just put those things in the world to a side for just one moment and concentrate upon that shabbat upon that name ultimately that is what's going to be our support that is what is our support right now guru sahib explains this to us guru amar das maharaj explains this to us and they say sacha naam mera adaro that in this that the true support that we have mera adaro my true support is what sacha naam that true naam that true name so guru pyari satsang ji wow our time has gone so quick 25 minutes in and we've only scratched the surface of what i wanted to speak with you about today my humble invitation my brothers and sisters is if you haven't already heard the katha that little small snippet of an explanation that we provided of that one pankti sacha sahib sajna bakya pau apar that pankti that we just dwelled upon on a surface level is from the katha of japti sahib and my invitation my, my humble suggestion to each and every one of you is if you're not already listening to katha if you're not already listening to katha as part of your daily routine or your weekly routine that we make an effort to start listening to katha for no reason other than the fact that it will give us that feeling of connection because through the katha that dirt will be removed from us through the katha our understanding of who we really are inside will start to blossom forth through the katha we will get to know our satguru that satguru that we've heard many times speak to us but perhaps we didn't understand what they were saying guru sahib explains sun har katha uthari mail that just by listening to the katha of gurbani just by listening to the amar katha that priceless katha of wahiguru that all that dirt that is within us all that which is holding us back from making the progress will be removed and taken away guru pyari satsang ji in these last few minutes that we have left i just want to share something with you that i thought was really beautiful that i heard and we go in these last few minutes that we have together before perhaps we open up for questions um to the time of to, to the time when guru ramdas ji maharaj when they were getting married when guru ramdas ji maharaj they were getting married and they were being betrothed they were being wed to bibi pani the daughter of guru amar das ji maharaj so by jetha their name were before they got married and by jetha was the the uh, who their affection some some historians say Bajeta were the the name that was um bestowed upon them others say that their name were always Ramdas in any event before they were the guru guru ramdas ji maharaj they're being getting ready to get married to the daughter of guru amar das ji maharaj and guru amar das ji maharaj during this time they go and see their future son-in-law who's already a devoted sikh who spent many years serving at the feet of guru amar das ji maharaj and when this happens Guru Amar Das Ji Maharaj, they've got a relationship with uh, Guru Ram Das Ji Maharaj like a father to a son. Just as we have a relationship with the Guru, as we already do, do now, like all of us do, when we go before the Guru, we bow before the Guru. 
and Gurram Dasti Maharaj would have done no less, and they would have bowed exactly in this way. And Gurram Dasti Maharaj, they say to by Jetha, they say, "Is there any gift that you would like me to give you?" In a joking way, because the joke was that when a when a female would get married to a male, the female's family in a previous dharam, in a different dharam, the females were considered lower. And that's a whole different conversation. But safe to say that Guru Amr Das Maharaj uplifted the status of females to equal, if not senior to that, of their male counterparts. And so in a joking way, in a sarcastic, sort of almost joking way, Guru Amr Das Maharaj throws this out there that, would you like a dowry from me, O future son-in-law? In jest, in a loving sort of conversation, they say to Guru Ram Das Maharaj, the future Guru, they say, what gift would you have me give, if any? And Guru Ram Dasti Maharaj, they say, I would definitely take this opportunity. You're asking me if I would like a dowry from you? I will definitely take a dowry from you, O Satguru. And this is the gift that I would like you to give me. And they say, Harke Jan Satgur Satpurka, Bina Guru Kurpasa, Hamki Re Kiram Satgur Sarnai, Kar Daya Nam Pragasa, Mere Meet Gurudev. They say, Oh Satguru, Harke Jan Satgur Satpurka, Bina Guru Gurpas. I've got this Benti, I've got this request which I put which I place before you. I'm just an insect, I'm just a word, I'm nothing, but I have this request I have for you. Mere meet my friend, Gurudev, my guru, Moko Ram Nam Pragas. Give me that name. Give me the blessing of that Nam. Guru Pyari Satsangaji. Guru Ram Dasi Maharaj would be that one that would go on to build the biggest kitchen in the entire world that feeds hundreds of thousands every single day across the world from all different faiths. The biggest kitchen in the world, the free kitchen of Guru Ram Dasi Maharaj. They, they achieved great things, the greatest of things. But what was it that was on their list when they could ask the king of all kings for a gift? What was it that Guru Ram Dasi Maharaj chose to ask for? What was it that they chose to ask from that Satguru, Guru Amr Dasi Maharaj. Mere Meet Gurudev, Moko Ram Nam Pragas. I beg of you only one thing, be give me the gift of Simran. Give me the gift of your Nam, of your name. And so again, the example is given to us again and again, like waves are crashing upon the rocks relentlessly over and over again. We are the rocks. And Guru Sahib is giving us the wisdom through the waves over and over again. Be Simran Karyakuru. Recite the name of God. Vibrate upon the Shabbat. Guru Pyari Sad Sangaji. As we enter 2021, my humble invitation, my humble suggestion to those that are older and senior before me in this group, that let's make a commitment that 2021 is going to be a year that we meditate more, that we, that we introspect more, that we sit and spend more time with the Naam of the Sadhguru more. Let 2021 be a time that we commit to listening to the Qatar of Jatki Sahib, that we listen to the complete Qatar, the complete teachings of Jatki Sahib, and that we understand through those conversations between Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj and the Sids, that true meaning of the Shabbat. For Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj completely gives us those teachings in Japji Sahib. In the Katha of Japji Sahib, it will unfold and be made known to you. Let's make 2021 then a year for doing Simran, a year for meditating, a year for listening to Katha, and of course, a year to do Seva, to think about how we can serve others. So, um, that's been just over half an hour. Um, I'm not sure um, how long you would like us to speak for, but I'm I'm keen to always stop before 
people start falling asleep. So I think I will bring this discussion uh, to an end and open up uh, to any questions that the Sangat may have. Um, and also for you to um, correct me for any mistakes that I may have made. Um, I think it's important that we're always open to learn from each other as well. Um, so if there are any questions, um, please feel free to drop them in the question box. 13 of you have given a thumbs up for if you know this Pandi. Amazing. Glad that you guys all did. Hopefully, with the blessings of the Sadhguru, uh, perhaps some of you may have heard the Pandi before, but perhaps hopefully some of you may have heard it and taken an understanding that perhaps they didn't have of that Pandi before. Sacha Sahib. Um, I'll hand back to you now. Once again, before I go, I ask for your forgiveness and your blessings. You are the sadhsangat of Guru Nanak. You are the ones that Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj says that we should be lucky to be in the company of. You are the sangat of the Guru. So I ask for your forgiveness and your blessings that one day we can properly merge with that name, that Shabbat also. And uh, Guru Karan Singh, uh, if you're there. Haji. All right. Thank you so much for that amazing katha, Paisab. Uh, so the first question we have is from Harman Singh, who asks, uh, who says, uh, some people get into big arguments over gatka being practical in real fights or not. What are your thoughts on this? Should sick kids learn gatka first or in other martial arts like boxing, karate, uh, etc.? I said, okay, that's a really good question. So I spent a lot of time, but martial arts is something I'm really passionate about. I spent a lot of my time. Uh, learning different arts um, um, so um, as a martial artist because for those that are, are um, martial artists in the group my particular so then you can understand my answer let me just give it a bit of context my particular area that I've spent time studying in is in an Indonesian martial art called Silat which is a short bladed uh, short bladed uh, art which has come out from uh, Malaysia and the Philippines and Indonesia it's very similar to Shastra Vidya the traditional Shastra Vidya, which is different, of course, uh, to Gatka. I've, I've spent some time doing Gatka, and I've spent time um, otherwise in Muay Thai, which is my, which is my, um, which is my, which is what I'm really passionate about now: Muay Thai, kickboxing, and Silat. So that's the context from which I answer this question, so as not so as to not offend anybody. Personally, bro, I'll be, I've, I've had this dispute, and I've and I've learned from very very um, different people. I would say, honestly. Having learned from a various number of different teachers, the real the real benefit here is not just from the art that you learn, the specific technical art that you learn, but it's the mindset that will be instilled with you through martial practice. And for me, therefore, if you're committed to a martial art and it's going to be physical, as long as there's physical contact, where there's an aggressive, where there's an, where there is an element of aggressive energy being put towards you that you have to respond to that will help you to develop your strength and your courage physically as well as mentally for me i think we should get away from these arguments about which is better it's more about getting off the subs bench and getting in the game so there are many martial artists that i know that do gatka and they're very proficient fighters they're very proficient defenders of their faith but more importantly that you'll notice that in a martial conduct that people generally have a higher sort in them in their spiritual conduct as well and so I think what's really important is that it's not whether you're doing Gataka or Shastra Vidya or if you're doing Gataka or Muay Thai. It's the fact that you're in the game. And so many people that argue about whether which, which, which art is better or worse, the majority of the people that spend their time in those arguments are not even in the game. They're just sitting on the subs bench. And I think that's really, really frustrating 
And a lot of people will use the argument that Gatka, for example, isn't effective as a justification to do nothing. And I think that's really painful and sad. For me personally, I've seen Gatka. I think it could be very effective. Uh, it's, it's a very, it's, the beauty about Gatka for me is that in many ways, you can learn basic maneuvering in a very short space of time. So you can become very, very proficient in wielding as an infantryman in an army very, very quickly. Um, but it's not something that personally I practice. It's just something that I've learned uh, a few bits. For me personally, um, on a day-to-day -day basis for street defense, I would recommend um, I would recommend Muay Thai, kickboxing, or Silat because those are two arts that I've I've spent a lot of time practicing, and I think that they're very very effective as um, as self defense techniques on the streets. I hope that answers the question. So, uh, Paneet Singh, you had a question. Would you like to ask um, on voice? Grappling uh, or striking? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Grappling. So, so for me personally, um, I think that striking should be learned first, personally. Um, I'll tell you something really interesting, a little bit off topic, but a really interesting analogy I'd like to share with you guys. Um, this is why I'm so passionate about Muay Thai kickboxing, um, because for me, this perfectly illustrates it. There was a National Geographic, this is slightly off topic from Siki, but as I, I hope you guys don't mind. I, I, my other passion is my start. So just, I just indulge, if you just indulge me with this uh, analogy that I heard. So National Geographic did a study and then they took um, they took these guys that had spent time studying kung fu, which is a very beautiful artistic um, reflection and of the animal kingdom through martial arts. It's beautiful and it's very very poetic to look at. And and it's it's in, in I imagine on some level it's very effective. So, but I never practiced kung fu. They get these kung fu masters and they spent many years meditating and uh, on on the art of kung fu, and they're like Buddhists and they've they're very very devout in their discipline. And they, they take them to Thailand and they put them up against um, these 12 Muay Thai fighters. Now, the Muay Thai fighters in Thailand, in Thailand, Muay Thai kickboxing is like, uh, it's like the national sport, like, uh, like, like football, soccer is in London, in England. And uh, these Thai fighters, they fight every week. They literally, it's not like boxing where you have a prize fighting champion like Anthony Joshua or Klitschko that might fight two or three times a year. You know, these Thai fighters, they're literally fighting every other week. They're, they're, some just of them have had like 500 sure. fights. They're just absolutely savage. And but so these guys are like like bar fighting. They're fighting for money, you know. And so these Thai fighters, they 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 pair them up against these 12 uh, kung fu um, 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 masters. And within a minute, each one of the kung fu guys, they just get destroyed um, yep. by them by the by the savagery of these kickboxers, right? And they go back and they think about their shortcomings and they, they really, really think about implementing, they adapt, they strategize. And after, I think it was a year later, the, the, the Kung Fu guys, they come back and they, um, they, they, they challenge those 12 fighters again to a rematch. And again, within a minute, the Thai fighters have just destroyed the bodies of these, of these monks. Yeah. And they ask the Thai guys, probably over a drink at the bar, they say, how, do, how is it you're able to beat these guys so powerfully? And the Thai guys, they say something which I thought was really interesting. They say, they say, uh, there's no doubt that the Kung Fu art is far more high level. It's far more intricate. It's a far more advanced, complicated expert system. It's far advanced over what we do with the eight limbs. But they, the, the, the Kung Fu fighters, they cannot deal with the sheer aggression, the sheer forward force. 
of that simple striking system. And so what I learned from that was, was that a true martial art should develop your mind. And it should develop your mind to such a place whereby even if you have a inferior system than the person that you're going up against, if the practitioner has been made into a piece of steel, they will be victorious. And that is the point. If you look at our history, if you look in Sikh history, like examples in Sikh history, like, for example, by Uddha Singh and by Bhajitar Singh, the two brothers that fought against thousands, uh, collecting the head of the Khan that, that swore to, to decapitate Guru Gobasiji Maharaj. By Bhajitar Singh, you may have heard, by Uddha Singh. You know, these were soldiers that were vastly outnumbered by horsemen that were sitting upon armoured horse with the might of the Mughal Empire behind them. They'd been eating meat. Their bodies were tough and strong. They were fighting against hardened soldiers that had the full weight of the Mughal army behind them. Their, their, email, their, email, their armor was thick and strong. Their spears would have been sharp. And yet these, these sec were able to overcome them. Why? Because their minds had become steel. And so I go back to that first question. This is why I, I truly believe this. It's not necessarily which art that you're learning from. I'm not going to sit here and say which art is better or worse. It's, a, it's about getting off the subs bench and getting in the game and saying, yo, I might be eight stone. I might be female. I might, I might be eight stone, a young girl. But I'm going to get in the game and I'm going to learn something that makes me a piece of steel. Because if your mind becomes steel, you're already there. Like those TIE fighters. We have a long answer, but I hope you, you understood what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree completely. That's true. Like even like the UFC in the beginning when they founded it, a lot of Kung Fu people came and um, that was part of like Bruce Lee's art too. Like Jeet Kune Do is just cutting out a lot of the pseudoscience in um, martial arts. You know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it comes down to who's going to win, uh, it's just the basic, um, the basic art of fighting. Like even when, uh, when I do like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right? It's like what you said the people who have been doing it for long, like I've rolled against uh, girls who are probably like 40, 40 pounds or 50 pounds, uh, maybe even more, like less in weight than me, right? But they've been doing it for longer and they're really good. They'll um, they'll run circles around you, you know? So the main thing is, I agree, whatever you get into, you just need to get into it because it turns yeah, into it, passion. 100%. It's about, it's essentially, it's an opportunity, whilst, it, whilst people mistake it as physical, it's actually an opportunity to develop your mind. When, when yeah. you're in a headlock and you're going to tap out because you're scared and, you know, experiencing that fear, you get to know a little bit about yourself that you didn't know before. And that for 100%. me is a passion. And, and I think when you, when you know your limitations and the next time you go three seconds longer in the same headlock, you've, you've made real progress there. And that, that yeah. really is the benefit of, of the martial aspect. A lot of people say, so I put up a photo on Instagram. I've got an Instagram account, guys. I'm going to just do a quick shout. It's Amadeep Singh East London. We put up like bite-sized uh, uh, snippets of sticky, like sticky clips in there and stuff like that. Uh, please check it out. I give it a like and a follow. So I put on the Instagram account, we're putting up all this stuff about uh, all of these Gurbani clips, right? And then one week I put up a photo of me having had a, in the club, Muay Thai fight. Um, and people were messaging me and they were, they were like, yo, that's violence. That's really <laughs> violent. You shouldn't be doing what's going. Whoa, I thought you were like a religious person. And, <laughs> and, and, and I couldn't believe how far, um, uh, how far we have come from our roots. We are, we are, we are the most peaceful. Uh, like, like, if you look at the Sikh Dharma, right? 
there's peacefulness in the art of meditation, which is the which is the core of what being a Sikh is. But if you look at history, those people that were unable to defend their peace would always have it taken from them. And only last only last month we celebrate the Gurbani, the Shahid Deepurb of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji Maharaj. And people didn't need to understand this. You're not a violent person if you learn Shastra Vidya or if you learn Gatka or Kung Fu. You're not a violent person if you do this. You're actually a protector of the peace. And, 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 and when I put this photo of me, uh, of, of uh, having, a, having a tie fight and I put up a little clip, you know, I saw like family of mine. They were like, yo, what's, what's with the video, man? And I was like, have we really come that far? Like, have we yeah. really, like obviously, they were, they were coming from an affectionate, caring place. But the, the, point, the point really is that we have to remember who we are not just as spiritual people, but as those that protected the spirit realm of those people that had lost their, the ability to defend it themselves. Like the, like the Kashmiri Bandits, those 5,000 those 5, Bandits from Kashmir, they came begging at the door of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji Maharaj because they were a Tegha. They were that form of the sword. That's true. Like even, I think, Prajeen Pant Prakash, um, Sings are described as Jaat Goat Singan Ki Danga, you know, like that's where we came from, you know. There's a duality of being a Sikh. You have to be a Santan Safahi, but if we lose one aspect, it's kind of we're losing the plot, right? Yeah, I, I saw something on social media I thought was really beautiful, and it said, um, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And the, the analogy is saying, like, I'd rather be a Shastadari Gursik. You know, gardening. You know, wearing a bana in my garden. You know, tending to the, the the potatoes in the garden, right? Then be a gardener stuck in the midst of a war. It's so like you haven't got to be a violent person, but you should be always be able to defend the defend the uh, the peace of others. And and I think that's a great honor as a Sikh. When we wear, when we tie the star, we 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 are tying the the star of Guru Gobind of the 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 star of Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji Maharaj, and we should have that. We should have that. The opportunity to be able to stand up against injustice should it come in front of us, and I, and I truly, I truly, truly believe that man. Like this is not just a, this is not just a uniform. It's not just a look. It's not a fashion statement for me. It's a real honor and a privilege to tie the start. But it does, it does come with that responsibility that yo, if it comes on, you should be able to deal with it. Now, a lot of people wouldn't agree with that, but that's just my personal take. I think that we should, as Gursikhs, we should be able to always deliver justice if we see injustice in front of us. Definitely. I think we're. I haven't got any more questions. I must have. How uh, I, I, I have one question. It's a verbal question. So you know how oftentimes when we say stuff like, "Hey, you know, Nam Japo, right? Like meditate on Vaigu and stuff." A lot of people they they've become desensitized to it because we say it so much. But it's a very big thing, you know, Nam Japo and Bad Badi Chijay, right? How do we? How do we kind of get to those types of people who are tired of hearing it all the time and who sit down and do it but it doesn't work for them? And so, how do we get to those types of people? How do we show them the significance Bob, of it? What would you say? Bob, that is an amazing question. I'm so, so glad you asked that question. So, look, it's really important that we don't make assumptions about where people are at in their jivan. So, when we have a habit as good six, and, I, and sorry, I should take that back. I have a habit. Um, of assuming that because we're living a certain life, we just assume that everybody knows what we know. And we make that assumption really, as you 100% pointed out, a lot of people just don't know. And how do we get to those people that don't know? And I think it's really important to do uh, what what uh, people like um, 
experience Sikhi in the States, um, Sikh to Inspire in the UK, Basics of Sikhi, Guru Granth Sahib Academy are doing. And what they're doing is they're taking short teachings that we take for granted and they're spending a great deal of time talking about those things which may have already heard. So when we were doing the discourse earlier before we uh, about about Jabji Sahib, I'm pretty sure that there are learned good Sikhs in this group that probably have heard that. But I'm not going to make that assumption that they have. And so I said things like, if you've heard this before, hear it again with new ears. Because when we talk about things on the, on the basis that everybody knows this, we're, we're actually missing out 98% of the people. 98% of people that come to the Gurdwara don't know um, Nam Jopal. So we have to explain that in a way that's endearing, in a way that perhaps we didn't receive as when we, when we were younger. And I certainly, I remember taking Amrit years ago, nobody told me what Japji Sahib was. It took years and years of reciting Japji Sahib, and then eventually I'd come across a, a playlist, um, a, a, a Larivar Gatha playlist on Japji Sahib, and it would change my life. So I think what we've got to do is we've got to take the opportunities, like, for example, Sukhumani Sahibs at Gordore or Anand Garajis, where 98% of people that are coming to that program aren't coming because of their love for the Guru. They're coming perhaps because the families invited them. And at places like Anand Garajis and Sukhumani Sahibs, taking the opportunity there, where there's 200 Sangat, to just give a really basic, simple teaching. You know, be at risk of repeating yourself. Don't be afraid to repeat yourself. Guru Granth Sahib Ji Maharaj, they repeat themselves on some issues over and over again to get through to our minds. They speak to us with repetition many, many times, saying uh, the same topics in different ways over and over again, in a beautiful, in a beautiful way. So I think it's about repeating it to, and not being afraid to assume that others may have heard what you're saying, but saying it again with new eyes and new ears and hopefully catching them at Anand Garajis and uh, Sukhumani Sabs and saying, hey guys, before we do this Sukhumani Sabad, let me just tell you a few things about Guru Arjan Dev you may not have known. Let me tell you a few things about Sukhumani Sab that you may not have known. In full fear of the fact that they may, may have heard, some of these people may have heard these things, but you'll be surprised how many come up to you afterwards and go, yo, I've been going to Sukhumani Sabs for years. Nobody explained this to me, bro. Thank you so much. Does that make sense, bro? Haji, Haji. Uh, we have another question from Harman Singh. He says, uh, any favorite Shastras that you like carrying on you for everyday life? So like, probably like aside from your Kirpan, like any other Shastras you like to carry or anything like that? Um, I've, got a, I've got a beautiful collection of Gare, bro. Um, a beautiful collection of Gare. Uh, and uh, I can show you that. I can't show you on this app, but I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've collected some really beautiful Gare. I think Gare are a really decent Shastras to have. Um, that they are very, very practical because um, Shastad is only as good as you are familiar with it. So um, if you pick up a Shastad every now and again, you'll, you won't be very familiar with it. But Gare, you wear on your wrist all the time. So your familiarity with that object, unbeknownst to you, is very high because subconsciously you're in contact with it all the time. So it becomes like an extension of your body. So it makes sense for that Gara to be a weapon. I mean, these days I wear a thin uh, a Sarblok Gara, but I've got a collection of Gare at home and when I, when we're going to... Should 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 there, should there be a need that would be very close to hand? So other than the Gurbani, it would be the Karibov. So I have a question. Uh, so you said you do Filipino martial arts. I, I missed what you said. Um, did you say like Eskrima or Kali or something like that? Uh, Eskrima and Kali are very different. They're primarily oh. um, they're pri they're primarily uh, stick based. Uh, yeah, yeah although they, they, there's an element of there's an element of uh, blade, but it's really not. It's not from, it's really not bladed. If I think people mm -hmm. just make it bladed because they want to they want to sort of get more students but primarily 
uh, the Philippines uh, are responsible for the stick-based Kali and the Filipino Screamer and stuff like that. Uh, the art that I practice is called Silat. Uh, Silat, okay, okay. S-I-L-A-T. So you guys use like karambits and uh, ganunting yeah, and stuff like that? The, yeah, the karambit belongs to Silat. It comes oh, from okay. Silat. Uh, okay. If you type it on YouTube, there's some beautiful, you'll see some beautiful uh, examples. The, the, there's lots of different styles. The style that I learned was a style called uh, uh, Haramal Silat, which is tiger silat, very low. So it, come, it comes out of the, an area of land where the, the grass was very high. And mm-hmm. it emanates the animals of the tiger. And from my experience, having like, I like trusted a video before that from a guy who's not great, very popular these days. I don't. He's, he did some uh, <laughs> pretty. Know, uh, uh, pretty. Um, does his uh, name start with a N? Oh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, it does. But <laughs> you know, he's he's but Jada's way off. Uh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. really like anything. I mean, going there it was like being in a negative, very negative environment. Um, um, but the video, I thought the video was very good. So, so we we endured the. I agree. Uh, and, we endured the negativity. I, I look back on that with regret, actually, because um, the, the logic I employed, here's something I'd like to share with the Sangat. And the logic I employed was, hey, it's okay if it's a negative place where they're doing lots of Nindya, as long as we're learning Shastra Vidya. And, and I think that's a really bad attitude. To the primary, the, the primary Shastra that we have is our consciousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. The primary Shastra that we have is our consciousness. And if we blunt that in, 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 in searching for a physical... Um, a martial awareness that's just in my mind um i'd say it's pretty stupid so i went there with a very two-dimensional view and i think a lot of things did thinking hey um it's okay we'll ignore all the bad stuff we'll just learn the good stuff and i think that that's just really really irresponsible to your own mind we should stand at the door of our mind and be very careful what we let our mind be exposed to and i went there to learn avidya and i actually i would go i would leave the class feeling drained because there was so much negativity there and so I would say that no matter, uh, you know, whilst we talk about Sant Sapahi, for me personally, the Sant aspect should never be sacrificed for the Sapahi aspect. Never. Because the whole Sapahi aspect, if you think about it, is to protect saintlyhood, right? And if you throw away your saintlyhood in, in learning a martial art, it, it, just, it just defies any sort of logic. Um, I learned that the hard way. I, I spent many years, I think, in regression in a very negative environment. And I, and I, and I, wish, that, I wish that upon nobody. You know, wherever you are, I, I saw something the other day, and it was um, when you're in company and then you leave that company, have a moment to just check yourself, see how you feel. Let your feelings guide you. If you feel drained, if you feel like you're in, if you feel worse off for being in that company, then you should really consider whether you put yourself through that every day because we need to be fit, healthy, right? Definitely. I never thought I'd be talking about that guy in this conversation. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I haven't said anything, I wouldn't say anything disrespectful. I still learned from that place. I just regret. I, if I if I could go back, I would go back, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't spend myself in any negative place for the benefit of any martial vidya. If that makes sense. Hope you, hope nobody's been offended by what I've just said there. But Not don't worry, Baji. No one's offended. The song is very open. Yeah. Uh, Satsangji, if you guys have any more questions, you guys can unmute your mic and uh, speak to the speaker directly, or you guys can put it in the question box. Or if you guys like to make your own statements, give your own thoughts on the new year, on martial arts, health, fitness, anything, weapons, shastras, anything. Feel free to do it now. It's an open conversation. You know, Panit Singh or anyone. If you guys want to talk more about it, feel free to. You know, it's an open discussion. Um, I had a quick question about regarding training. So, um, uh, I've 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 trained with I've trained in Muay Thai before, um, on and off, um, but with like and I've been start, I've been wanting to get back into it, but with the lockdown, it's a bit hard. What would you recommend 
how would you recommend keeping up your training when when you can't really go to a studio um so you're stuck you're stuck at home so uh, i i i hit um I, I visited canada once and you guys aren't short of any land unlike here on the island yeah we don't have much space so you guys have got huge like these big plots of land and, and i'd say if you've got room in a basement buy a bag bro your bag will be your best friend i spend more time speaking to my bad effect to, to my to my punch bag in the back uh than some of my friends and i think if you buy a bag that again going back to that the analogy the national geographic analogy when you're punching that bag it, it, it sends a vibration back through your body which is very similar well it, it's it's quite close to physical altercation so when you when you're striking your triceps will feel that that push back from the bag um and i think bag work is really massively underestimated uh, bag uh, bag work um is 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 a really good solitary workout three 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 five minute rounds on the bag uh, with stretching as you, if you're getting older um stretching and bag work i think is is a really good workout if you are doing a lot of bag work now make sure you're eating lots of protein otherwise your body will start to wither away lost a lot of weight just doing bag work and you don't want to, you don't want to lose all your strength and and just become like a you know like a like a transparent uh, being just because you've not uh, you've not been eating so if you do a lot of bag work watch out for losing weight because it's really really high intense interval training so um, um make sure you're eating lots and lots of protein to maintain uh, your muscle mass otherwise you'll get injured do you have a recommendation on the type of bag specifically oh yeah definitely there's a bag it's called uh um uh it's called oh god what's it called it's a it's a floor to ceiling bag it's the one that everybody's got in all of the pictures i got the same bag it's uh Baji, anybody later, know, if you find the link you can post it in the lifestyle section uh and then just tag uh irmanjeet baji that way you um you know that way when you find the link you can just post it everlast yeah cool right. uh, uh, no not everlast no everlast is for but it's, it's called it's a it's called a banana bag i forgot the name of the company i'll i'll uh I'll I'll send a link to uh, to Gurkarnsing on Instagram because that'll be easier for me. I'll send a link to Gurkarnsing. Is that right? And then you can post it up. Yes, of course, Hanji. No problem. Yep. <laughs> and uh, would anyone else like to give any thoughts on the new year or martial arts or anything, guys? Gurkarnsing. Hanji. Uh, just in, in closing off, then I, I just want to say, look, seriously, um, from across, from from the other side of the Atlantic, I'm really grateful that you invited me. I'm, I'm still a learner. I'm, I consider myself probably junior to everybody in the group here. I'm grateful that you invited me here. But if I could just repeat, because we, we've had so much time since the actual discourse, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. That I've I've been in a very negative place in the past, and listening to Qatar will really help you out. If it, wherever you are in life, if you're feeling anxious, if you're in a negative place, if you're feeling lonely. If you find yourself outwardly putting on a smile, but inwardly you're not in a great place, you know, I, I can't recommend this more. Start listening to Gatha every single day. If you could listen to the Ladivar Gatha of Japji Saab, um, that would be an amazing achievement in 2021. Wow. It will be something that will really be your company. And I, I wanted that to just not be lost because we, we spoke about so many other things. Um, if if, if uh, I'll send you a link to with Guru Saab's Kirpa, we, we were very fortunate enough to have a chance to complete the Lari Varkata of Japji Saib, um, uh, which is uh, a playlist now. It's on SoundCloud. So if you type in um, uh, Amandeep Singh East London Japji Saib Gata, we've put up a 45-track playlist um, going through each of the conversations between the Sids and Guru Nanak. Um, it's something I'm really passionate about because it's changed my life going through that education. So my humble request to the Sangha, if you have the time, 
um, listen to the Katha. Uh, if you can listen, if you if you if your Punjabi is there, you can listen to Ganikal Wan Singh's Jati Sab Katha again, amazing. Or by um, uh, by Paramji Singh's Katha on the Guru Granth Sahib Academy, they've also completed the complete Katha uh, of Jati Sahib. Um, I'd really recommend those as resources as company for you in life. Um, I want to just re- repeat that in case it got lost in the midst of the other things Reggie, that we spoke uh, about. We got the, the less link, so we put the link in text for voice as well as question box, and we added it to our resource section here on Discord as well. Yeah, and if you amazing. have any other That's links amazing. or anything, feel free to forward them to me, and I'll post them. And Satsang Ji, please follow Amadeep Singh Ji on um, Instagram. It's Amadeep underscore Singh underscore East underscore London, and the link to his Instagram will be posted in text for voice and other places as well, so you guys can find it there. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts, uh, Paisab? Uh, we really loved your talk today. It was amazing. Thank you so so much for coming. I'm really grateful. Hopefully, with Guru's Kirpa, um, when this is finished, uh, I've got friends that's moved to Vancouver from London. Uh, his name's Hamandeep Singh, and uh, you guys know Hamandeep Singh Gill. So he's invited me to come and stay with him. So hopefully, Guru's Kirpa, we're going to come and visit you guys. Hopefully, get get put a few uh, a few faces to the voices I've heard today. It'd be wonderful to see you guys. Maybe we we'll do a bit of training out there. We'll, maybe we could do a a sealet seminar or something with with the Singhs and the Singhania. Yeah, that would be, be amazing. Cool. Just send me a message whenever you're here in, um, you know, Vancouver and Canada area. We'll we'll set something up, you know. That'd be wonderful. We'll do like a seminar, maybe do some kata as well. We'd be blessed to, just to come and see you guys. Would be a blessing. Hey, great things coming out where you guys are doing that. So looking forward to see you guys. Haji, thank you so much, Baji. Wahe Guruji ka Khalsa. Wahe Guruji ka Khalsa. Wahe Guruji ka Khalsa.